Kyokyo, our Sailor Moon podcast. I'm Kim. And I'm Isha. And in this episode, we'll be talking about Isagi and Mamoru character analysis for Sailor Moon S slash the Deathbusters arc. Yeah. Uh, so, like I have in the notes, it's really fascinating because the manga explores Isagi and Mamoru individually and together. So we see their insecurities separately and when they're together and the anime doesn't do that at all. Like, memory almost doesn't exist in super... In, I keep trying to say super ass. It's Sailor Moon ass. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. It's a big difference from Sailor Moon R where, like, Tuxedo Mask was everywhere but was being the worst. And <laughs> he's not the worst in S, but he's also just, like, not there. He has a couple of really good moments where we get to see his personality or he gets to kind of say something or do something, but it, it really is few and far between. Like, when his personality is depicted in this season, I like it a heck of a lot more than last season. But yeah, yeah, like you said, it's just barely there. Mm -hmm. A quick recap on their stats. So Usagi is a Cancer. She's born on June 30th. Uh, cancers value romance, family, and they're quite emotional. Her blood type is O, which is probably the thing that her personality most adheres to because the blood type personalities is a big thing in Japan. Um, so O types are leaders, good communicators, agreeable, and romantic. And in Sailor Moon S, she is now a third-year middle school student, age 15. So in America, she would be a ninth grader. Right. And for Mamoru, he is a Leo, so his birthday is August 2nd. Leos are typified as being ambitious, confident, loyal, devoted, also as leaders. Um, I don't think... Mama-chan does not act like a Leo, <laughs> but um, <laughs> maybe in the anime, not in the manga. Uh, and his blood type is A, which is, I think I've mentioned this in previous episodes, is the most common blood type in Japan. So they're sensible, detail-oriented, perfectionists. Like, being type A is kind of the goal in Japan. <laughs> uh, in the manga, he's probably a third-year high school student, since Isagi and the others are third-year middle school students. Um, and in the anime, who fucking knows? <laughs> he is a grown man in the anime. Like, they've given up any pretense of like him going to college. He's just living his life. Like, he feels like he's in his 30s, which makes <laughs> So, like, any time he and Isagi are kind of romantic, it's just like, this is incredibly inappropriate because you're, like, twice her age, and it's just like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's really weird. Fortunately, the art style does, it's anime, you know, it's so stylized that you're not looking at it like, this is an adult man with a child, like... Except for the times that they outright state it, there isn't a feel of an adult and a child, you know? Mm-hmm. Sometimes. But, like, he's so big in comparison to her. Yeah, but she's, like, 4'8 or 4'9. She's not that short. I'm gonna look up her height. She's not 4'9. She would be, like, just barely taller than Chibiusa at 4'9. Okay, she's 4'11". Anyway. She's but he's really, like six foot. She's really short. I know, but like he's not only tall, but he's also really broad. Yeah, he is very like, broad. Yeah. He looks massive in comparison to her. Yeah. She's super and tiny. like, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things where I'm like, if you clearly define what he does in his life outside of when you need him as a plot device. Mm-hmm then it would feel less weird. Yeah. But he's not. He's basically, like, he really is, you know, and the girl character, but he's a man. <laughs> yeah, very much so. And the boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, anyway, she needs a king, so here you go. Yeah. Anyway, so... Let's talk about them in... Let's talk about Usagi first, both in the manga and in the anime. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like that in the manga, like, after all the stuff that's gone down with Black Moon, like, 
we still see that Usagi is herself. She's yeah. still waking up late. She's still forgetting her lunch. She's still rushing out the door. Like, I love her. She's still kind of like the happy-go-lucky girl. And uh, like I mentioned in our manga episode, she meets up with Mamo, with Mama Chan and with Chibiusa and Diana. And she's mad because, like, they're taking up her precious time with Mamoru. Um, which is fair. But, like, we also see that even though she's still herself, she has some anxiety about the future because she's worried because so many things have happened in like a year, you know? Yeah. She's almost died twice in in the span of a year. (laughs) She very much feels like she can't just relax, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like a a foreboding. Yeah, I think it's... I have a much... I have a bigger appreciation for the manga as an adult because... Mm -hmm you do see that her characterization is built upon what came before. Whereas in the anime, it's kind of like new season, hard reset. Everybody's characters. Like, yeah, there's actual room for character progression in the manga. Mm hmm. Um, I do love that. She's still like this bright and hopeful person. Yeah. And she's just like, we're all friends. We're all going to work together. We're all going to get through this together it's as a really disillusioned adult living in the capitalist hellscape of America. Um, it's really (laughs) sweet to see how much she cares and like believes. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's one of her greatest strengths is that she never loses hope. You know, Mm -hmm. she's very optimistic. She wants to see the best in people. And even in the darkest moments, there's that light and it's not just the light she sees but there's light that comes from her because she has so much hope you know yeah we see we see that um visually all throughout the manga and the anime the way she just emanates light and Mm -hmm. she just it's the the anime protagonist trope you know they just never give up they never give in they never lose hope and of course, Usagi does have some dark moments, but her belief in her friends is in her loved ones always gets her through it. It's not just her belief in her loved ones that gets her through it, but it's just like knowing she has to be there to help to protect them. Yeah. She's like, well, I don't have time for this. <laughs> yeah. I have a magic rock that makes me really powerful, so I'm going to save everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Losing my friends is not an option. Mm-hmm. And I I really like how that leads into the um the chalice, the the holy grail in the manga. I feel like mm-hmm. the the holy grail matters a whole lot more in the manga. It's It so makes like, more sense in the manga. It does. Because it kind of comes out of the blue in the anime because we we spent like 20 episodes yelling about the talismans and then the talismans show up and then we get the holy grail and we're like what the fuck where did this come from and it's like yep that's the thing all along the, it summons the grail that's why we needed the talisman it's yeah like, and it's that wasn't mentioned before <laughs> no it it kind of it's just like okay now here's the second half of the plot and it's like no incorporate that in the beginning name drop it and that's why the grail in the manga was done so much better because it was like family love building this grail together with her, Chidiusa, and Mamoru, whereas in the anime it's just like, the grail just sort of showed up when yeah. all of the outers were there. But, I mean, like, granted that's what happens in the manga, like, the talismans resonate, they do summon the grail, but in order for her to transform into Super Sailor Moon, she has like, the power from the inners and the outers has to go into the grail for her to take in that power. Yeah. From yeah. the people who love and believe in her. It summons all of their power together. And I like that in the manga, they actually have the visual of her, you know, drinking from the grail. Because it collects all of the energy, collects all the power, and then she drinks it, and that's how she changes. But in the the anime, that's not as obvious, you know? She, you in the anime, really... it's just, like, this magical artifact. 
that it's gives like, her a power up. Yeah, it's like any of the transformation wands, you know? Yeah. There's, it's, it's an accessory rather yeah. than, like, an important item. I don't know how else. Like, clearly I can't talk this episode, so it's fine. <laughs> but... <laughs> It's a MacGuffin. But, like, it is, it's a MacGuffin in both the manga and the anime, but, like, more so in the anime than in the manga. But it's, it's more uh, organically used. Mm-hmm. And it seems more profound in the manga. Yeah, it's a really, like, it's, because at the point where it's summoned, that's where, like, the outers and the inners, like, have met each other, but the outers are like, we're on a different mission from you and you can't help us because you're too soft-hearted. Yeah. And so, like, they're going to, inf- they're infiltrating Mugen Gakuen, and that's when, like, Supreme, like, springs a trap, and her spell, like, has the senshi fight against each other, and it doesn't work on Usagi. Usagi's like, we can't fight with each other, and because Tuxedo Mask and Shibuya, like, came late, that's why they're not affected by the spell. Um, and, like, they band together to kind of bring this power, and that cleanses them, and then the talismans react, and we have the the grail and then the and then the collecting of power and it's more meaningful because sailor moon is getting power from her friends yeah instead of just like some random magical artifact that we didn't hear about until just now that we thought was going to kill the people who we had to ab- extract them from but didn't like right. everything that everything that well, I will. I guess we're not. We'll we're not going to their episode. Yeah, we'll get into we're, this yeah. into Uranus and Neptune's episode. But like the Harumichi is- episode is going to be like two hours long. We have a lot to say. <laughs> yeah, um, but point is, um, I I really liked how they did that in the manga because it 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 did contribute a lot to showing her personality more. And how she's an active player in all this. You know, it's her love, it's her hope, it's her belief that that joins all of this together into the chalice and helps her to power up into Super Sailor Moon. Whereas in the anime, we don't get that much um, development. Like, there is a little bit more of that towards the end of the season, the second time the Grail is, like, summoned. Or, no. I mean, we don't we don't get everyone's power going into the Grail and then going from the Grail to Usagi until like the very end when she like had already handed it over to Mistress Nine or whatever. And instead of yeah. having a Grail give her power, it's the power from her friends. And I'm like, yeah, okay, you, but the Grail <laughs> they separated it into two different um, means of transformation rather than this is how it works, you know? Yeah, and what I really liked in the manga is that. The Outer Senshi really loved Isaki. Like, yeah. even before, like, meeting her and knowing her, like, there was a lot of love there. That's why they weren't cutting her out. They weren't cutting them out because it's like, well, you suck. They were cutting them out because it's just like, we know you're too kind-hearted to do what needs to be done. Yeah. And we have to take care of this because we actually failed in our duty as Outer Senshi to protect this planet from extra system attacks mm-hmm. but yeah in the manga you really see her bond with haruka and michiru a lot more um mm-hmm. in the anime they do spend a lot of time bonding but um, yeah but like when when push up. comes to sh- but when push comes to shove like ultimately they always turn her their backs on isagi where it's like in the manga because like i went through and like kind of sped read before to make sure that like all of the notes were correct um like there's a point after she first transforms into Super Sailor Moon and she's like, I wouldn't have been able to do this if all of you didn't help me. Like, we can all work together. And that's when Sailor Neptune decides, like, oh, we have to tell you everything. Yeah. You might not agree with us, but now we, we're going to tell you everything. That this is how it works. Yeah. And again, we'll yeah. get more into that in their episode because um, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to kind of describe her on her end, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, but, like, that's the thing, that Usagi has that, like, light and that hope and that belief that she inspires trust and belief in other people, Yeah, and in spite of themselves, they can't help but, like, do what she asks, you know, where it's just like, okay, I'm going to tell you, like, you're my princess, you're my future queen, like, 
I care about you. And I love that there is so much gentleness in Sailor Moon's strength. Yeah. Like, you you see that at the end when she's like, okay, I'm going to sacrifice myself to stop Master Pharaoh 90. And she, like, jumps in to destroy him from the inside. Like, and everybody is wrecked. Like, everyone is just destroyed about it. Like, Uranus is in, like, in the anime where she, like, screams, like, was this all worth it? You know, that sort of thing. Like, she's doing that in the manga, but she's doing that because she's wanted to protect Sailor Moon. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's more earned in the manga because their behavior. But um yeah, yeah it's one thing I noticed is um what to piggyback off what you were saying um about her having this gentle inner strength. They pay lip service to it in the anime. They say um there's a couple times the characters will think say things like well, schoolwork's not the only thing, you know, there's more than just schoolwork. You, you have other strengths, you know, but it's very much, um, it's kind of like show don't tell, you know, it's like you're telling us yeah. she has these other strengths, but you very rarely show it. It's not until like the fights break out that we see this strength. I feel like in the manga, you see this part of her character more than when she's just in a fight, you know? Right. I think that doesn't help, in, and this is a really easy way for us to segue into Sagi in the anime, um, because the anime spends so much time showing them studying for high school entrance exams. Like, it's brought up in the manga, but it's not a main focus. Yeah. You know, like, Ami does her thing of, like, Ray, it's your birthday, here is a practice book of equations and shit for your entrance, for, like, an entrance exam that you don't have to take because your academy doesn't do that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, everyone's always jealous of Ray. They're like, you don't have to take Enstrix exams because you just keep going. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> um, Usa- they do show, like, Usagi's strengths. Like, whenever Chibiuso is sad about Hotaru, like, you saw, like, this kindness, this comfort that came out of Usagi. Like, every time she, like, had to work with either Haruka or Michiru one-on-one, uh, it really showed that, like, no, Usagi's way is a better way than their way, because in Usagi's way, nobody has to die. Yeah. You know? hmm Like, you do see some of that, but because it's undercut so much by, like, everybody still telling her that she's dumb. Yeah. You know? And it doesn't help that I think she's really written... She's really written like a shonen protagonist mm-hmm. where she has to be like the powerful idiot. Yeah, like like you know, there's a reason why Sailor Moon and Goku get compared. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a lot of that character type where it's like they eat a lot, they're really dumb and they're really strong. You know? Right. And she's so much more nuanced than that. And it's like, okay, yeah, yeah she's not good at taking exams, so it doesn't mean like, especially, like, in the last 20 years, like, not doing well on exams is not evidence that you're stupid. Yeah. But in, you know? in the anime, they, they do play up. They they want you to feel like she's stupid because it's funny, you know? And, yeah. And being, yeah, I've, I've mentioned it more than once now, that I, I read her as being ADD, you know, or ADHD. Mm-hmm. Um I find I find that frustrating and uh insulting, you know, because I've been in that position where people have have looked at me and seen my quirky behavior and just written me off as an idiot. And mm. it's like you know, there's so much more to a person. It's like, yeah, there might be certain things I get confused at or I get forgetful or I have time blindness, but just because somebody is, has weakness in these areas doesn't mean that they have zero strengths, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's very... It fr- takes... It, Sorry, continue. Oh, I was saying, and it's just very frustrating that in the anime, they only pay lip service to the fact that she has the strengths. It's like, they assure us that she does, but they don't show us. <laughs> yeah, they don't... They don't show us that those strengths are valuable. Yeah. I would say. 
Yeah, except when you know. she's in battle mode and fighting mm-hmm. things with her pew-pew powers. <laughs> yeah, I will say that in the anime more than the manga, she was really kind to Hotaru. Like, she instantly uh. clawed, like, oh, Hotaru doesn't have friends. Hotaru doesn't have anybody. Her house is weird. Her dad is weird. Whatever the, like, she's being guarded by, like, literally the clone of Kaoli Knight. Like, this woman, this girl is not okay. <laughs> yeah. That's you know, true. and every time, you know, Haruka and Michiru are like, stay away from that girl. She's like, no, this girl is sad and lonely, and I'm going to encourage a friendship. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't give her a reason, so she's just like, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for the advice, but I'm all about making friends. And they're like, I'm going to tell you. Especially needs friends. Seriously, it's like Chibis and Hattari are both like sad, lonely girls, and Isagi's just like, be friends, be what each other needs. This is good. Friendship is good. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's Isagi's biggest strength, not only in the series, but in real life, because Usagi still helps me make friends in real life. <laughs> yeah. Because like, anytime I can find somebody who I can connect with on Sailor Moon, like that person becomes an instant friend. Yeah. And like, Usagi's been helping me make friends since 2002. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's one thing it- I like about Usagi is, you know, she values friends, she values making friends, and she has a high level of emotional intelligence. So it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, maybe she's not good at math, maybe she's not good at English, but I can, like, if we look at Ami and Usagi for a second, Ami has a hard time understanding people. Ami has a hard time connecting with people. She's she's a genius. She's great at everything in school. She's great at chess, but she's not good at making friends. She's very shy, and before she met Usagi, she didn't have friends. Usagi has countless friends. She's always making friends. She's maintaining old friends. Um, In the anime, a little bit less so. (laughs) But she's maintaining old friends, and she's always making new friends, you know? It's something she excels at because she loves people, she understands people, and she connects with people. And that takes a certain type of intelligence. Yeah, and people recognize it right off the bat. Everyone who meets Isagi, who's not like a literal evil person, um, sees like, oh, you know, she's kind of dumb, but I can trust her. (laughs) Instant trust with Isagi. Like in the anime, everyone kind of looks at her and it's like, okay, you're not what a Japanese person should be like, but okay, whatever, I like you. Yeah. You're trying. You're a good, wholesome kiddo. Mm-hmm. Like, in what was it, the tea episode, you know, like, she's sitting there in the proper seated position. Oh, yeah. And, like, her legs are struggling, like, she's struggling. And the kid recognizes, he's like, it's fine, you can sit in a different way. And she's like, no, no, I want to do it the right way. You know, but, like... She tries, and in a lot of ways, I think, sort of, like, the background characters do recognize that. Yeah. You know? People are- people open up to Usagi in the anime that they don't to pretty much everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And I- I do like that. I mean, like, some of it is, like, well, they have to talk to Usagi because of plot reasons, but- some of it is just, but it's just, it happens so consistently that it's just like, ah, yeah, like, this is a person you can trust. Yeah, but they make her personality consistent, too. So mm-hmm. when people meet her, and the, be, part of the thing is because she comes off so bumbling, people also feel like, you know what, she's genuine, though. She doesn't have, she's not somebody who's trying to hide things, you know? She is, Mm -hmm. she's very quirky because she is just herself. What you see is what you get. So that's one of the reasons she can be trusted, you know? It's like, Usagi is Usagi, you know? So it feels, it feels, it it feels organic that you can trust her, you know? Mm -hmm. Instead of like, if you have a, an edgelord anime and for some reason everybody just, rolls over and and falls in love with uh, this edgelord Mm -hmm. character and you're like 
But why, though? This guy is a dick. He's not doing anything to earn anybody's trust. But literally, it's just for plot, you know? The fact that I'm... <laughs> I didn't even care about Naruto, but the fact that, like, Sasuke got a happy ending will never... Anyway, it's I, fine. I don't know enough about it. Um, you don't need to know anything about it. Spare yourself. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but I like that I was able to make a general enough statement that you're like, ah, that makes me think of a character immediately. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh, yeah, no, I know. It it's like, how many shonen... Yeah, it's basically like every shonen story where, like, the protagonist has to fight one person. The person goes from being their enemy to being their rival slash friend. Oh, the Lancer. Yeah. Yeah, it's very annoying. Um, I do like how nice she is to Chibiusa. Like, she's a lot better in this season. Yeah, and I mean, I, well, half of her being a dick to Chibiusa in the last season was like, here's this stranger kid coming out of nowhere, and everyone's telling me that it's not a problem, but it's clearly a fucking problem because she's invaded my entire life and hypnotized my family. Yeah. Um, but like, Chibiusa's like seven. Yeah. And Isagi's 15. And again, this is just like, this is what happens when you get older. You understand what that dynamic is now. Uh-huh. Like, you're gonna get annoyed with a small kid, whether it's in the manga or the anime. Like, her being annoyed that Chibiusa is, like, cutting in on her time with Mamoru. Like, yeah. no, that's a totally normal and natural reaction. You just want to spend time with your boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Um... A thing that I had a huge issue with is that because this season of Sailor Moon Ass focused solely on heart crystals, we completely fucking forgot about the Ginsui show. It was present in, like, <laughs> two episodes, like, at the start, before she got her heart compact yeah, from her star compact, and it's just, like, okay, we have that, and then at the very, like, the second to last episode where she has to fight Uranus and Neptune, it's brought up again. Like, it's brought up twice. And I'm just like, her heart crystal should not have come out. Like, it should have been the Ginsui show. It should have flowered. It's that. It, we had two arcs where everybody kept screaming about the Ginsui show. And then this one, it's like, who cares? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I was so annoyed. Yeah. It seems very strange that they ignored their most important MacGuffin. Of all the MacGuffins of Sailor Moon. <laughs> Right? And especially since, like, I don't know why they didn't incorporate the Tau crystal from the manga. Oh, yeah. But we'll, we'll yeah, we'll talk about that in the Deathbusters episode, because I, that's really important. Because it's just such a great parallel. It's like, here you go, it was handed to you on a platter, my guy. But, I mean, they had to figure out a Monster of the Week format, so. Yeah. It felt <sighs> like know. something was missing, and I, I, I couldn't, Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was really frustrating. I think I I don't know how I would rewrite that the monster of the week format to be with something that matches better with the manga storyline, but whatever. Well, maybe we'll do a special ep episode of Fix It Fick, you know. <laughs> yeah. How do we fix this? I I think they would have needed more Mistress 9 and they would have had to do some, you know, Good crystal versus bad crystal episodes. Yeah, they really wasted, like, they they top-loaded with Kaylee Knight, yeah. Udiel, and we met. Anyway, we'll get to that in the Deathbusters episode. Yeah. Okay, so, we've talked about Isagi, now it's time to talk about Mamoru. I fucking love Mamoru in the Deathbusters arc. This is peak Mamoru. In the manga. In the manga. Yeah. Yeah, in the manga, peak Mamoru. He's perfect. <laughs> he is playing a supporting character, and he fucking loves it. He plays it to a T. He knows exactly what his role is, and he's gonna do it or die trying. Yeah. Like, God bless you. <laughs> this <laughs> It's just like, what do you want your future husband to look like, Ishin? It's just like, let me pull out these manga. This boy. <laughs> this boy. This, just be him. Be my hype man. Always. Yeah. Yeah, he's always present. Like, he's part of the crew when they're planning to do stuff or discussing things. He's he's there and having an active role. Um, mm -hmm. I like that. He also has the premonitions of destruction. Right, yeah. And that's discussed. Like, it's not, no one's like, why are you having this? Everyone's like, I mean, Ray's having this, he's having this. Like, this is a problem. Yeah, 
Yeah. And I I like that Mamoru, it's like, he does have powers. They're not as mm-hmm. strong. They're not as combat-oriented. But they are there and they do contribute. In, in He does have... Sorry, I'm interrupting you. I'm just saying he does have power. He does have power. It just manifests in more subtle ways. I like that his power is healing, but in a different way to Sailor Moon. It's much more subtle. Yeah. Uh, but also, it's defined. Like, this is these are the limits of his power, essentially. Uh-huh. Like, he doesn't really get power-ups and so, like things like that. You know, like, that's not that important for him. But like they're like this is these are the the parameters with which he's allowed to function. Whereas in the anime, it's just kind of like Tuxedo Mask can do whatever the hell we need him to do at any time. Where does he get the stick? Is the that stick magic? <laughs> yeah, it's just like like okay, fine. The roses are like super magic, extra powerful. Whatever. I don't give a shit about the roses. The roses are fine, but the magic extending stick that like they stole out of like. Sun Wukong's hands from like Journey to the West. Like where what is like it extends? Like what is the stick? Anyway. We don't I'm, we don't talk about the stick. I've been bothered since literally I think since the original dub days. Isha, you can't keep obsessing over Mamadu's stick. been 20 years i'll obsess over it as much as i want okay (laughs) (laughs) and like there's definitely been episodes where it's been broken and that it's fine like how do you fix it just is it magic does he just go back to the magic shop (sighs) and they never reuse his his henshin sequence in the anime and it's so good yeah it's literally one of the most perfect henshin sequences ever yeah, I don't know why they gave one. I don't know why they gave him one and just never ever used it again. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know because it, it's kind of implied in the manga that he literally just changes clothes. Yeah, it, at least in the first arc, because yeah. in the S manga he like fully just transforms. Yeah, he, he gets to Henshin, and I think that's more like well, now he remembers his past life, and so now he has access to whatever powers being a prince of earth possesses yeah it's much reduced compared to like the powers of main people but like he still has something so now my boy has a henshin (laughs) yeah we're not complaining about it we like the henshin we just don't understand (laughs) it's literally they slot whatever they need for tuxedo mask. Yeah. And he's just so much more of a person in the manga. Yeah. You know, like he's just he's just a real person. Mm-hmm. And I love that in S in the manga we see like Haruka is hitting on Isagi the whole time and Michiru is kind of like sideways flirting with Mamoru. Yeah. Like She's like Haruka is like I genuinely have a crush on you, Usagi, and Michiru is just like I'm doing this to make you uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like <laughs> it's so interesting because Haruka and Usagi, there's a little bit of chemistry there. Mm-hmm. Michiru and Mamoru, despite what a good match they could be, there is zero chemistry. You know, Mm-mm. we both have these these prodigies very intellectual um, characters, both very beautiful. but And rich. And wealthy, yeah. And um, they are obviously really just not into each other. <laughs> yeah, like, it's very funny because like when Usagi sees, like, I mean, I don't blame Usagi for being jealous when she sees for a moment like Mamo and Michiru being together because, like, they do make a good-looking couple. Yeah. You know? And, like, anybody would feel inadequate compared to that. I mean, it's Michiru. Yeah. But I love that Mamoru gets super jealous of her with Isaki, even though he's also mentally, like, okay, like, she's a girl, so this is probably not going to happen. But he's also, like, but stop hitting on my girlfriend. <laughs> But, but it, yeah, there's some <laughs> clear chemistry there, you know? Yeah. Like, nothing happens, mm-hmm. but there's some clear chemistry there. Um, but, yeah, Michiru and Mamoru, it's like, no, though. 
Um, but like, what I like is that in the manga, they actually discuss it. Like, Usagi's like, I'm jealous of this. Yeah. Like, you know, because they get the tickets, right? And he gets two tickets from each year, and he's like, I'm going to take Usagi with me. And Haruka's already given her, like, a bunch of tickets to bring her friends. So Usagi's like, we'll all go together. And Mommy's like, uh, I guess I'll take Chibiusa. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like they don't they don't communicate right away, you know, but they get their feelings hurt and they're jealous, but they eventually do. They're like, okay, so here's what's going on. Yeah, and like they bond over it while they're doing Chibiusa's project for her, and it's really cute. That's that's I love. Yeah, that's one thing I mentioned when we were going through um the manga that I I wanted to just keep pointing out. It's like, hey, look, they have it. They had an issue, and then they talked about it. And things got better. It's like, wow, a healthy relationship. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things where, like, I did not appreciate that as a teenager when I first read it, where I was like, okay, that's nice. And as an adult, I'm like, holy shit. (laughs) A shoujo manga is showing me a healthy relationship. Yeah, yeah. And it's especially refreshing in a landscape of, like highly passionate, highly problematic, toxic relationships all throughout romances, and not just you know mm-hmm. not just Japanese, but uh, American and and otherwise, like all across the yeah, romance this is- spectrum, there is problema- problematic crap, you know. Oh yeah, like pretty much every genre of fiction has like a problematic romance. Yeah. Where you're just like, these people are actually bad to each other. Yeah. It's like, you guys should not be you know? together. Yeah. Um, um, I do love in the anime, like, that moment where, like, Isagi and Chibiusa were fighting. Because, like, Isagi was on a date with Mamori and they were getting takoyaki. And there was just that moment where all three of them were sitting on the bench eating takoyaki. Yeah, just quietly. <laughs> just, like, silently just eating takoyaki. And I was like, oh, I fucking love the Moon family. I wish they did that more often in the anime. Yeah, just went out and was were cute together. Yeah, it was, you know, we got that a, a little bit when he was buying the backpack for Chibiusa. Yeah. That was cute. That was another little Moon family moment. I, I loved when Mehmet was hitting on him, just just yes! aggressively hitting on him. And he's just like, uh, she's like, can I talk to you alone? Uh, no, actually, I'm spending the day with my family. It's like, oh, are those your sisters? Nope, it's my daughter and future wife. <laughs> and just... It's so good. Dips. <laughs> that was, like, my favorite Mamoru moment in the right? whole series, where he's just like, absolutely not, will not entertain this. I am uncomfortable. Here is, you know, like, here's my wife. Here's my child. Please leave me alone. Goodbye. Right. Uh, just shut it down. So good. I loved that. Yeah. That was him good. as Tuxedo Mask. I felt really disappointed this season as to, with him as Tuxedo Mask. He wasn't, yeah, at the very least, last season, as silly as he was, at least he was fun. <laughs> Yeah, at least we got, like, some good, you know, catchphrases or whatever out of him. Yeah. Like, his little poems were fun. Like, they were very, very silly. But he was entertaining. Yeah. He was consistently entertaining. In, in this season, Tuxedo Mask was just kind of there. Yeah, the only time I really loved him was in the episode with Ubara. Oh, yeah. With the, with the roses. Because he's like, how dare you? Roses are my thing. Yeah. I do, like, Mamoru was on his best behavior in this season than I think the last two seasons, except at the very end, where he's like, they just need to fight it out. And, <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> Uranus and Neptune need to admit they're wrong. Really, anyway. though, yeah. Again, please look forward to our potentially three-hour episode about Haruka and Michiru. Uh you know what? I I don't know if we'll have that much to say about them ultimately because we talked a lot about them as we went along through the episodes. Yeah, we you know. Yeah, we did, but we're repeating it even now, so we have a lot of feelings that we yeah. need to get out. Yeah, <laughs> this isn't even their episode. Um, yeah, I was a little sad that we didn't get much Mamoru. I wish they had incorporated the vision thing 
they could have had like some Mamori Ray connection there. Yeah. But it wouldn't have been like as weird and upsetting as it was in the first season. Um he did kind of take on an Ami like role where he was doing research. Yeah. So that was cool. Yeah, that was nice. He did have one fantastic outfit in the anime. Uh-huh. They did give him like that almost all black outfit. It was so good. It was such a good fit. I was I was like, yes, that's the Mamoru I want. I'm like, that is like pulled him out of a magazine. Like, that is exactly the type of shit I need to see on this boy. <laughs> um, I was going to say, when um, coming to the research role, I'm pretty sure in the manga they explained that a little bit more because he had access to, like, the university databases. And I don't think they clarified that in the anime. That's why he was able to look up Professor Tomoe and all his yeah. stuff. Because this stuff was not, it wasn't public, you know? Mm-hmm. But. I mean. So, which it made it more clear in the manga, which made it more clear in the manga that he was actually in university. <laughs> well, he's not in university in the manga. Oh, he's not? He's in high school. Oh, okay. I don't know then. <laughs> he's a third year high schooler. Which is so much better. Yeah, it's. It's still, like, an age gap, but it's a sensible age gap. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is the one thing the anime consistently gets wrong, is that, like, they constantly have Mamoru doing adult things, and not, like, adult as in pornographic or whatever, but, like, <laughs> he has a car, he drives a car, like, he he doesn't seem to go to work or ha- go to school or anything, he's just kind of like a... He's almost a neat, except he <laughs> goes outside. You know, uh, for those who don't know, no neat means uh, no education, uh, employment. employment, or training. Yeah. So N E E T. So that describes like people who don't study, work, or are training to learn a trade and just stay at home. Most of the time, they're not hikikomori levels where they're hidden away in a room, like a single room the whole time. But uh, there's a little crossover, con- but not as ex- extreme. Yeah, a neat is basically like uh, like it's similar to a basement dweller because like basement dweller type people like they come out of the basement, and they yell at people and demand things. That's kind of like the same comparison, I think, more or less. I don't have a positive view of, like, the basement dweller trope or thing, because, like, they're mean, you know? Yeah. To, you know, it's just, it's one of those, like, well, hurt people hurt people, and it's like, yeah, but also hurt people don't have to be dicks. Mm-hmm. You don't have to spread the hurt around. Yeah. Sometimes there are people who aren't hurting who just like to hurt other people. Well, and there's also some people who are hurt who aggressively try to make sure nobody else is hurt to their own detriment. You know? Mm-hmm. Not- Which is Isagi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she is traumatized and damaged. Um, yeah, she's... She, I, I don't think I said this when we were talking about her in the anime, but I was really annoyed. Like, this is the only time I was on Haruka Michiri's side, where I was like, don't fucking give Mistress Nine the grail. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? You were literally condemning the world. Yeah, but... It was so dumb. Yeah. Where she was just doing it to assuage the feelings of Professor Tomoe. I'm like, what are you doing, girl? What do you think is going to happen? Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I, re- <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any defense or anything for that scene. There are just so many points... There were so many things in this season that were just not written to make sense. You know? It's like, maybe yeah. it makes sense. And it just doesn't. So, like, I I don't even... I can't add anything to it. It's like, yeah, it was dumb. Which is it so... Made, it was forced, you know? And it's so wild because the manga was so tightly written. It really was. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> the difficulties in adapting a manga to a weekly show. Um, ultimately, I think for Isagi and Mamoru, like, 
they have consistent development within the manga. I think that continues on through to the end. Um, uh-huh. The core of who they are does not change, but they do think and they do cooperate and they do communicate with all of their friends. Like Usagi is constantly talking with her friends about this threat. Mamoru is constantly a part of that of that conversation. Like nobody is cut out. They're like, we are all in this together. And like, I love that in the anime. That's <laughs> less. So yeah. the anime, it does feel like they really are just more concerned about entrance exams than like the literal planetary death that is approaching. <laughs> I just goes to show how stressful the exit exams are. <laughs> I wonder if that was like, you know how like we had the censors here in the US. I wonder if that was like a thing in Japan where they were like if you have characters who are in school, you have to show them studying and put extensive amount of of like time on how important these exams are and how important school is. I could, because that's the message we're trying to get across to the youth. Yeah, I I could see that. I could definitely see that being the case. Cuz that was like a that was like a thing where like in the 80s and 90s where you had like every show had to have an episode about why alcohol was bad and why smoking was bad. Um actually and why and then they and then why drugs are bad. To, so they didn't have to but there was like this um government program that was set up that if you did have one uh and that that board approved it you got like a massive payday so there was no reason to not just include one episode like that because you'd get like i i don't know how much money would would come from that organization into the your studio but it's free real estate you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah It's just like, here's this grant, make a terrible episode about how smoking is bad and how you'll never drink beer again. Yeah. Buffy actually actually had an episode uh, that they made for it, which was a a notoriously bad episode that had like werewolves and stuff. And um, no, not werewolves. Like it made everybody cavemen. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. The caveman. Yeah. And it, um, it didn't get the grant. It didn't, it didn't get improved. So they did that episode for nothing. <laughs> I'm not surprised because, like, they didn't really put effort into having that as a message. Like, they were lampooning the idea of it. So it's like, yeah, you're not going to get the grant when you're making fun of it. Yeah, exactly. That, and that- You know, like, I know government workers are stupid. I'm one of them. But, like... <laughs> Yeah. Come on. But that was the thing. They were like, yeah, this doesn't have, like, a realistic um, representation of uh, drinking. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think. There's a YouTuber who covered it. I want to shout him out if I can remember it. Nope. My, my, never mind. YouTube's not loading for me. <laughs> well, oh, speaking of shout outs, there was... So, uh, found out on Twitter, so they're releasing these, um, LPs, like, the vinyl records of, like, the Sailor Moon music. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, I wish it was, like, a big CD collection. And then someone tweeted at me, because it was all on Twitter. Uh, they're like, I got you covered, and so let me do a quick shout-out to SailorSoapbox.com, where they have, like, a bunch of stuff, but they also have, uh, Crystal Tokyo Radio, where it's just cycling through Sailor Moon music, not just from the original anime, but including the musicals, Ooh. including international stuff. So, like, I I heard um, a theme song in German. It has the three lights, so from Sailor Stars, the, the little boy band there. It had that song translated into English, which was such a trip, because I'm, like, trying to sing along to it in Japanese, because that's literally the only way I've ever heard it. <laughs> And it's just, like, in English. And I'm like, I know all the words, but it's weird. That's interesting. I found the YouTuber. So if I could shout them out real quick, too. Um, sure. Just because I don't want to, like, give a bunch of info and pretend like it's just something I know off the top of my head. So mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the YouTuber is Sarah Z or Sarah Z. Oh, Sarah Z. Yeah. yeah. And it's, She's Canadian. The name of the episode is That Time Buffy Made Government Propaganda. And it covers all that <laughs> that kind of stuff. It's really it's really informative. So, um, 
But yeah. Oh, Sarah's Ed stuff is always like really good. Yeah. Yeah. So I would not be surprised at all if Japan had something similar, which is why the senshi are studying obsessively and constantly. All the time. Oh my god. Like, I was sitting there, and I'm like, y'all, like, you literally, like, half of, you just almost died. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but we didn't anyway. die, which means we need to get into high school, okay? Ami, ten minutes after getting her heart crystal back. Okay, so, I bought some new problem sets, and it's like, girl, <laughs> your heart crystal is fine, but your actual heart will give out. Which we'll get more into in the episode for the inner senshi. Yes, we will. So uh, this episode was obviously about Isagi and Mamoru, and we went off on a bunch of different tangents, but that's just what happens. Uh, we'll have our next episode, um, I'm hoping will be about Chibiusa and Hotaru. And then after that, we'll upload about not just Chibiusa and Hotaru. I'm sorry. Our next episode will be Chibiusa, Hotaru, and Pluto. Then we will talk about the inners, and then we will talk about Haruka Imichiru, because that's a big heavy lift. And then we're going to split up the Deathbusters into the Witches Five, because there's a lot to talk about from the anime. And uh, Mistress Nine, Master Pharaoh 90, Professor Tomoe. Yep, yep. That upload schedule might be a little bit different from what I've said. It really fully depends on what I'm able to edit. Please have mercy on me. I do have a full-time job. And I'm just a mess. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And on that fabulous note, thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter at OshiokioPod or contact us through email at OshiokioThePodcast at gmail.com. All that information can be found in our show notes. Thanks, as always, to Barbara Daly for the use of her artwork. Please rate and review us wherever you find us, or... Tsukini gawatte! Oh, shiokyo! Oh,